On this episode of Watch Time, we'll be interviewing Allison Halko, the Vice President of Neighborhood Marketing for Cleveland Neighborhood Progress, and we'll be discussing buyer's personas and the importance of knowing your audience right after this. Welcome back to Watchtime, everyone. I'm here with Allison Halko, the Vice President of Neighborhood Marketing for Cleveland Neighborhood Progress. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about our topic today. And I know like we've done some strategizing to try and like figure out what to talk about. So I'm really excited. I think there's gonna be a lot of information packed into this episode. So I guess kicking it off, like let's let everyone know that's listening or watching. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and you know, your your marketing experience. I've been doing marketing for quite some time. I actually, my degrees are in journalism and graphic design and media management, which kind of lent itself to marketing. All those things make up various components of marketing. I've been involved in marketing Cleveland in various ways for the last 10 plus years, starting with working in digital marketing at Tri-C and then moving to uh, Cozy and GCP, that's the Council of Smaller Enterprises and Greater Cleveland Partnership. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at Cleveland Neighborhood Progress. So my career has kind of gone from marketing Tri-C, saying, hey, come to Cleveland and come to school here. It's great, to starting and working here at Cozy and GCP, like start a business here, grow your business here. Northeast Ohio is great for businesses, and now I work for Cleveland Neighborhood Progress, where we want you to move to Cleveland and support our neighborhoods. So that's what I like about this. What's really cool is like you, just as you kind of explained, you have such a various like amount of backgrounds in terms of like who are you trying to attract, and I think that lends perfectly to our conversation today about target markets and understanding your audience. And I, you know, I think that that obviously played a big role. And every time you would shift to a different job, like okay, who are we talking to? Who are we trying to reach? And um, it's just great to hear that like, you have all that experience. And obviously, we we met you and you were at Cozy and GCP. And um, definitely, we enjoyed working with you and learned a lot from, from your team there. So this is exciting to kind of talk more and understand the strategy behind what you've done. So, um, okay. So, like, I guess kind of jumping in from there, like for people that are, are listening or watching, you know, I think the biggest thing for a small business um, owner or a small marketing team, they probably heard the buzzwords, you know, target market, buyer's persona, um, you know, customer avatar. And they they probably already thinking like, oh, well, this is probably just the people that are already buying from me. So can you maybe give us a little more insight into, you know, what are the, what, what is a target market versus a buyer's persona? And, and who are these people that you're, they should be trying to target? First of all, the difference mm -hmm. between a target market and a persona is really how specific you want to get. So target audience is Maybe a more broad, oh, you know, for example, at Tri-C, we want to target college students mm -hmm. or, you know, workforce development people who are going into workforce development. Personas are more specific to this is a pretend person who could actually want your product or your service. Mm -hmm. It's you give them a name, you give them an age, demographics, you you build out this pretend person and say, who would they want? to uh, buy from or what would they want to buy? What are they looking for? Like this mm -hmm. specific person um, as opposed to a group of people who are a little more broad. So uh, uh, for example, right now at, at Cleveland Neighborhood Progress, we look at one, one of our target markets is our target audiences is people who are looking to move to Cleveland, mm -hmm. right? Our persona might be 
Ashley, who's 22 and just graduated college and is looking for her first apartment in the city. Mm-hmm. So that is a specific person. And how do we cater to her um, as opposed to how do we cater to recent college grads? There's That's the difference between the two. That's a great explanation. I think that really helps, I think, in a nice, simple way to like illustrate this for anyone that's listening, because I know there's a lot of confusion around it. And like I know when we work with our clients and we're trying to get very specific on who do we create this video for, they're kind of have that mentality of it's for everyone, you know, and I guess, can you maybe talk a little bit about like, why is it so important that you, I mean, I think a lot of people can understand like why you're trying to like get specific on a, on a specific market, but why is it so important that you drill down into actually having a avatar and a person that you're trying to reach? That is a great question <laughs> because it's, it's easy to say, oh, I have this product and it's for everybody. Everybody should, should love it. There's a place in everybody's home for it. Mm-hmm. And that might be the case, but that's going to be true in very, very few cases, uh, very few scenarios. So it's important to at least segment your audience because everybody, your your product or service might appeal to a broad group of people, mm-hmm. but that group all has different, can be segmented to all have different needs or wants for your product or service. And it's important to understand that so you can better reach them where they are and target them for their needs. You could um, have a coffee cup and Mm -hmm. there might be a segment of audience who really wants it to drink coffee from. Great. You know what they want it from. Mm -hmm. There might be a whole nother segment who just really likes to have a mug to put pens on their desk for. And that's a completely different audience that you're marketing to. Um, it's kind of when right now I'm, I'm marketing Cleveland neighborhoods, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like looking at Cleveland as a whole mm-hmm. and saying Cleveland's for everybody. And that's not really true. Mm-hmm. I will argue that if you are looking to move to Cleveland or come hang out in Cleveland mm-hmm. proper, the city, Not every neighborhood is going to be for you, but there will be at least one neighborhood that is for you. And it's the importance of knowing the difference in that to, you can't just say, come to Cleveland. You can't say, come to Cleveland. It's great, but it'll be more impactful if you really target who your audience is and what they're looking for, and then try to do a little bit of matchmaking in in the right neighborhood for them. So what I love about this is, and what's going off in my mind, and and correct me if I'm I'm thinking of this wrong, because we talk a lot on this, this podcast, and even with our clients about pain points. We're trying to figure out what our, you know, customers' pain points are and we're trying to address those in the video. And really when you talk about like the needs, like the coffee cup scenario or even like the Cleveland neighborhoods, you're really talking about, am I correct in saying like addressing their pain point? Like everyone has a different need, different pain that they're trying to solve. And when you get specific like that, you're connecting with people saying like, you know, obviously the person that wants to put pens in this, you know, they're they're not going to have the same like, well, I need a cup that's going to be able to hold X amount of liquid and going to be able to be, you know, withstand X amount of temperature or go in the dishwasher. Like those pain points are not going to be the same. They're going to be probably like looking for something like I need a cup where it can be this tall because I need to be able to hold this type of like writing utensil in it. And it needs to have this cool design on it because I want people to know like this is like part of who I am. Like, so it's it's different. Am I correct? Saying different pain points. It's different pain points. And that's where the personas and audience segmentation comes in because really diving deep into your customer, your potential customer, your desired customer and what their pain points are and really understanding things they might not even understand yet themselves helps you market your um, product or service better to them. 
That's great. That's that's awesome. Like I just I loved I like love the explanations. I love it's it's perfect. And I think it is. It's a very important thing that I feel like a lot of a lot of like small business owners, especially, and a lot of like smaller marketing teams may fall flat on because it's just I feel like it's a simple thing that it's it's maybe not necessarily simple to go and do all the research to get it to where it needs to be, but it's simple enough that they're not thinking to that capacity when they're trying to market their product. Yeah, exactly. Putting and just human nature, putting yourself in someone else's shoes is hard, especially when you are super familiar and super close with your product or service to put yourself in the shoes of your customer or potential customer, desired customer, someone you want to be interested in your product or service mm-hmm. when it's so close to you because you live and breathe it every day. It's That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Well, I guess what I want to address too, just kind of like, I guess from the other side of this, because I'm, I'm hearing all these great points and I'm thinking like, this is, this is fantastic. But I know there are business owners on the other side that are saying, you know, we, we've had this conversation before where they're saying, you know, like, this is great, but I'm really afraid that if I get narrow my focus down, you know, to, you know, John or to Kim or whoever, like you've designed the Spires persona for, what's going to end up happening is I'm going to leave a big chunk of my market out and they're not going to buy from me because they're going to feel like, my product or service isn't for me. So I'd rather just stay broad. I'd rather cast that broad net so I get more business. Can you maybe address that a little bit? And, you know, is is this a true statement? No, um, not usually. I, there might be a few cases where that I just cannot think of off the top of my head where, sure, it's best to broadly market your your item. But really, it'll be more impactful if you at least segment your audience. And it doesn't have to be just one persona. You can have, you know, three or four, even five uh, different, uh, you know, people who have different uses are in different um, walks of life, different demographics to have different needs and really focus in on those. And maybe there's some overlap, hopefully not. So you could segment it a little bit further, but if there's some overlap, that's fine. And really um, target them. And by targeting them and, and honing in on those and focusing in, you'll be able to really see growth in those areas mm-hmm. and you'll pick up some extra people along the way. I'm sure it's, it's inevitable, but if you cast a broad net, a, a wide net broadly and just hope for the best without really researching who exactly wants your products, you're just, it's a little bit of a gamble. You might, it might pay off mm-hmm. and you might get lucky, but doing that research and really targeting is, is what'll make the most impacts. So I don't know if we talked about this like when we were trying to set this episode up and we were kind of going through topics, but I, I'm a big fan of StoryBrand. So building a story brand from Donald Miller and um, really believe in his books. And I use a lot of like his um, his different methods, his story brand method within how we're actually creating our videos and things like that. And he often like uses a phrase, if you confuse, you lose. If you write a message for everyone, then nobody knows who that message is for. And I feel like that's what you basically just addressed in like in the in a like a really great way to like explain to like our listeners, like how that actually works. That's a hundred percent. And I really framing it in storytelling Mm -hmm. is a great way too, because we all like stories. We all watch our, you know, Instagram feeds for stories or TV shows or commercials or whatever, but we want that narrative, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just, Hey, here's a mug, come buy it. Mm -hmm. It's here's what it can do for you and how it can fit in your life. And what a great thing it is just having that start to finish um, letting people see themselves as part of your story or see your product or service as part of their own story and yeah. life is really just story. Putting it all into storytelling is, is great. key. That's great. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Um, 
<laughs> I, I one thing I do want to I do want to backtrack for a brief second. I did want to ask you just for people that maybe are are watching, like if they're thinking, okay, so I, I need a persona, I need a target market. Where do they go to find the information to try and build that out? Like, where's a great place for them to start so they could start to build out a target market for their their product or service, and then a persona? How much time do you have? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, because we could talk at length yes. about all the different ways you can you can go about doing that, and it really. Depends on what you're starting with. Mm -hmm. um, so for for example, at at Cleveland Neighborhood Progress, one of the first things uh, I did when I when I started last year was looking at our uh, digital analytics. So who's coming to our website? Who's following us on social media? But we already we already had that data. So mm -hmm. it's something that I can look at and say, these are people who are following us, um, engaging with us, our message is resonating with them. Here's who we already have. Mm -hmm. And based on that, and maybe some common sense and talking to people in the field who we can who we can expect to reach or who we yeah. should target, who are not reaching, who we should, who we, um, sorry, mm -hmm. <laughs> we're not reaching who we should be yeah. and who we should target. Um, but if you that if you're starting from scratch, that's completely different if you don't have any mm -hmm. anything to start with. Um, so that all goes out the door. It's if if you're starting from scratch, it's going to be a little bit of trial and error. Um, do research in, in similar products and services and who they seem to be targeting or their message seems to be resonating, resonating with mm -hmm. um, and and take it from there. But I think the, the important thing is to be flexible if you are testing it out, because that and that's that's something that's that's great about marketing is you can always tweak your message and you can always tweak. Uh, even, I mean, you can, you can re-edit a video, mm -hmm. you can tweak your digital messaging, your social media posts. You can always easily pivot if you're not hitting who you think you should be hitting. Or mm -hmm. if by some happy surprise you say, oh, I thought I was targeting this group, but this group is really engaging with my content. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's engage them a little more and do a little bit of that and target them a little more. Uh, that is a long-winded answer. Uh, there's no, there's no <laughs> one right way to do your personas. But it's um, and you can always, you know, hire a, a marketing consultant too, who is, you know, has can devote hundred percent of their time to to researching it for you. No, There's I think a lot of ways. That's a great answer. I mean, I you could definitely tell, like, you could tell that you have a marketing background. You're in marketing because you're like, I was going to ask you, like, when you were answering the first question and saying, like, okay, here's how we found our personas, and I was like, well, I know somebody's going to be watching us. Like, well, I don't have any data, and you're already like, well, let me already address that person. So like. That was great. And like, I do think there's, there is so much that we can cover. And like, I feel like we could have a whole conversation at length, just trying to discover that. Um, one tool I did want to mention for anyone that's watching, and I'll have to make a note to like throw this in the actual like um, comment section so you can get a link to this, but HubSpot's got a really nice tool where you can build a persona and we've used that for our company. And I think it's neat that you can kind of fill all those things out. HubSpot is great. They it's have, free. And it's free. <laughs> we have to give them an email address, I think, and they'll, you know, bother yeah. you by email, but that's it. It's free. Yeah. And they have so many, I guess, for personas, but also marketing templates and mm -hmm. social media calendars and all sorts of, so I'm a big fan. Yeah. So they give so much great, like quality content away for the price of an email address. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we'll throw some links in the comment or in, down in the description that way, if you're interested in like checking that out, because it, it was a really cool tool okay. to be able to just plug things in. And then it kind of like, you could choose like an image and like, you could really just build out a persona. So it was kind of a neat way to get started for people that maybe yes. aren't sure. Okay. So now we, we've talked a little bit about building out the persona. We've talked about some, like, I guess some things that people might say why this wouldn't work for them. 
Let's go from here and let's talk a little bit about um, like how the, the buyer's persona plays into your content. I know you kind of talked about that a little bit with the, the coffee cup analogy, but um, I guess like what should like small business owners or small marketing teams, like once they have their persona in place, like what should they consider when picking content topics? Now they know who that persona is and, you know, what should they consider when they're maybe trying to pick a, uh, like a platform of where they're going to put their message? That's huge, right? Like that is the question. Once once you've defined your personas and you know who you want to target, at least initially, mm-hmm. then it's time to research where those people are going. You you want to meet your audience where they are. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come to you. So you have to go to them, right? So look at, you know, if you have their demographics and maybe if they're on the younger side, well, not necessarily anymore. Maybe if they're in the demographic that's in on TikTok, which I think is like, gosh, 14 to probably 40 at this mm-hmm. point. I think the pandemic, everyone kind of got on TikTok. <laughs> it's, not, it's not super young anymore. Um, but if, you know, if, if that is a audience that, you know, you, just some simple Googling or probably yeah. HubSpot too. Yeah. go back to where, where are these people going? If you're targeting, you know, moms in their forties, where, where are they going? Where are they spending their time? I guess would be Instagram off the top of my head, but it's, you really want to go where they are mm-hmm. and it takes a little bit of research. Um, but again, it's, it's all widely available on, mm-hmm. on the World Wide web, this wonderful <laughs> thing we have. Um, but it's just making sure you, you meet them where they are and it's, getting and and that's part of the the beauty in narrowing down your focus is is your target audience going to see a billboard on the freeway uh, maybe probably not but you can tell exactly where they're going to be once you deep dive a little bit and again putting yourself in their shoes and saying okay if i'm this person where am where am i going to be where am i going to be looking where am i going to be consuming my media mm-hmm. and that's the sweet spot so it kind of eliminates some of that trial and error because you've kind of like, to your point, you're, you know, if you're not trying to reach, you know, like if you're trying to reach people like maybe what, 18 to 14, then you maybe know, like you're saying TikTok and maybe, maybe Facebook's not the right move for you right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. It's really helping you, like, I guess, better utilize your marketing budget or, you know, if you're, if you don't have a marketing budget, I don't think small business owners often think about this, but your time is valuable. So mm-hmm. you're, you're saving yourself time where you could be expelling energy that you could take that time instead of being across what three platforms and say, I'm going to go right all in. You don't have to be every single place in every print publication and every digital publication, and every social media platform. You don't have to be ever, you shouldn't be everywhere, mm-hmm. but you can target it. Just target it to where your audience is. Well, and I guess going from there, one thing I kind of want to talk about, and I'm kind of still on the content side of this, because I know like we we talked about this um, when we were discussing this episode, like there's probably people out there that they they believe in what I'm calling the spaghetti method, where they're <laughs> like, we're just going to create all this content and just throw it out there. And then whatever sticks, you know, we get, we get you know, I guess people from that. Um, but why is that method like not a great method? And how does the buyer's persona like help you in creating content like to avoid that? Yeah, that's that's not the best <laughs> the best method to use just to just to see what sticks unless you have a lot of time on your hands for marketing, which most people don't. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say you can. And, and I'm going to back up a little bit mm-hmm. because. You can have one big, for example, piece of long form content mm-hmm. 
and use it in a million different ways for a million different platforms and targeting, um, hopefully not a million different personas, but a handful of different personas based on the way you frame it and what pieces you you pick and choose and highlight mm-hmm. out of that one one long blog post or one long video or mm-hmm. one long whatever it is. Um, so I'm not I I'm not saying you need to create totally from scratch a new piece of content every time mm-hmm. you want to hit every single audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you can start big and and chop it up and cut it down and and reframe things. Uh, but again, it's you know it's just making sure you're hitting like you said the pain points. You mm-hmm. want to make sure that what you're saying is resonating with your audience and your target audience. And one, the same message isn't going to resonate with the same, with, with different groups. It just, they have different pain points. You need mm-hmm. to speak to those pain points. And that's why it's important to, to, you know, target them through your content and what you're saying and really cater your message to them. So it's really, it's really like looking at that persona and saying, okay, like this is, you know, here's persona one, two, and three. So this kind con- so persona one content should be on XYZ and that'll work for persona one. But then like you also know, and maybe like video, cause it's going to go on a video first platform. Whereas like persona two, you might say, well, their, their pain points different and they're not of the age group that may be on a video first platform. They may be on like Facebook or something like that. So maybe video is not the answer for that right now. So really it's being able to kind of identify those yeah. different. Okay. That makes, that makes, am I right in saying that? Yeah, a hundred percent. But that's, but I'll just say you're, you're sharing the same overarching message that is buy my product or service. It's for you. Mm -hmm. Just the the little points are different. Yeah. And what you're highlighting. Well, and I kind of want to like use that opportunity from what you're saying to like offer some, some advice to people that are watching because like, at least from the video perspective of like what they could be doing. And like, this is something that we, we kind of do with clients too is if you're going to create a, a product or service overview video, like here's our product or services, um, one thing to think about when you're writing that script out or coming up with those pain points is, to your point, who are my personas? And you can't really do that, like what I'm about to explain, unless you know who your personas are, but who are my personas and which pain points apply to them? So you give a nice, to your point, like a nice five to you know eight minute maybe overview video that you like end up recording, which explains your product or services, but then you can then break up pain point one for avatar one, pain point two for avatar two, and so on and so forth. So you can break that up. And so now your, you know, your half day of shooting or full day of shooting, depending on what you need to get done, has now been turned into, you have the main video for when, in case anybody lands on your your website, on your, your like uh, services page. And then you have those individual videos that can be broken out to landing pages or broken out into yes. like different social content and things like that. Yeah, exactly. If... If your business is a bakery, for example, and you have one great video saying, oh, we make cakes and we make cookies and we make all different sorts of wonderful goodness, that's great. If I'm a mom and I have a kid whose birthday is coming up and I see a video that says, hey, we do kids' birthday cakes, wonderful. That resonates with me immediately. Whereas you know, otherwise I could watch your video and be like, oh, that's really great. Maybe one day I'll visit there. But if you speak to me where I am mm-hmm. and my needs, 100%, you're that much more likely to get me to come in and, and order. I feel like you could drill down even further and be like, if you're a mom that needs a kid's birthday cake, but needs it within 24 hours because you, <laughs> you know. Not that that ever happens. <laughs> but it's like now you're drilling down even more. So. Right. 
But no, that's that's uh, that's definitely that's great advice, and I think that that's important. I think when people are creating content, they don't realize the power that like because we we preach that a lot with with our clients, and we pe- preach it on this podcast is the importance of pre production, pre planning, and that's where the the creating your target market and the personas come in because you can do so much more versus just let's shoot a video and maybe it's for everybody and or let's you know let's write a big blog post and maybe it's just for everyone and then you're not using your time to the best of your ability. Right. So that's that's great. This is this has been uh this been great advice. So taking it from there, um one thing I really want to talk about is um talking about like now that we have the content and I know I had teased this in the title, like talking about the importance of why knowing your audience, like why this is important when you're creating content and that sometimes some content isn't right for some audiences, you know, and and sometimes it it's better for others. So can we talk a little bit about like, you know, why it's important to know your persona and like how that could play into the type of content, whether it needs to be overly produced or DIY, things like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a great topic. <laughs> I feel like we could be here all afternoon. <laughs> um, no, that's, and that's, that speaks again to meeting your audience where they are, but also feeling authentic mm-hmm. to where they are. So if I am on you know, you mentioned DIY. If I'm on Pinterest mm-hmm. and I'm looking for DIY, I I don't know, birthday party ideas because I'm, I'm thinking birthday cakes still. And I see your product, but it is like super glossy and slick and maybe very, you know, in your face salesy. Oh, that doesn't really feel like what I'm I'm looking for and what I'm expecting to find. And that frankly is probably going to feel a little off-putting to mm-hmm. me. But if it's very authentic and and homegrown, what I'm expecting to see um, on that platform, then it's much more likely to resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, you know, we, we've talked about TikTok a bit. I think TikTok is a perfect example of this because when you go on TikTok, you expect to see maybe a little more um, homegrown videos where mm-hmm. it, it looks like someone is just doing a point and shoot and you have, you know, that voice that narrates everything mm-hmm. and I can't imitate it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, otherwise I would, but you know, you know, the yeah. voice I'm talking about that everybody uses on TikTok, and that's, and you see brands doing that too, playing into that because they know for that, for, for TikTok in particular, that's what people want to see. And if you have a super highly um, produced commercial looking video, that's not what people there are expecting to see and they'll flip right past that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really knowing your audience and and the avenues that you're using to reach them. I think that's a, a great way to explain it because I, I do feel like, you know, a lot of times, you know, when we connect with customers, they they want to use and I and I get this, they want to use what we've created for them everywhere they can. And I don't think they realize and I try to get this info out to them. It's like we can repurpose this, but like it may not be the best use case everywhere. Not to say you can't throw it out there and, and try it because, you know, it's marketing trial and error and see, like, maybe it'll take off. But, like, I mean, that's something I've noticed with, like, we've experimented with our own TikTok and we're still trying to experiment because we try and use some of our videos that are produced in there. And they don't do as well as people that I know that are also in our, you know, marketing video industry where they just have, you know, phone, camera, talking to camera because that's what people are showing up to, to see. They... They, to your point, they, they feel like if things are overly produced, then this is probably something a little salesy and I don't want to buy into something salesy. I want educational content to move me forward or funny content to make me laugh and, you know, move my day forward. So it's, I feel like that's awesome advice to like think about it from that perspective. I do think too, like, um, 
one thing that maybe think about, and I try and explain this to some clients, maybe we could talk a little bit about this is, you know, if, if you're creating content that's going to like a C-suite, you know, like they're going to expect a different level of production versus if you're sending out content that's going to go to the community. I, yeah, that was like perfectly said. <laughs> C-suite, you know, and, and think about, again, it's all about putting yourself in their shoes, which which is hard. It's hard to do. But think about what they're used to seeing, what they are familiar with, what they're expecting. Mm-hmm. And that's and sometimes surprising could them in that way could work in your favor. But that's a, a risk. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I think generally speaking, thinking about what they're used to seeing and what they're expecting and making sure you at least fit mostly into that mm-hmm. in terms of presentation is is important. Yeah. And you're right. C- C-suite and community is the perfect example. Well, and I think what's great about that, and I'm going to use your bakery analogy. And, and I mean, and tell me if you think this is spot on, because um, I actually had a conversation similar to this with a, a client um, a few weeks ago is, you know, like when you have a bakery, like, so let's, let's say you're selling baked goods to the public. And then you're saying like, you know, I want to do a video for the public about my bakery, about my cakes and about, you know, like how I have cakes for, for 24 hours for moms, like we, <laughs> they can get a cake turned around. But then let's say you're like, you know, we also have baked goods that we want to start offering to grocery stores and we want to start offering, you know, to uh, corporate clients and things like that. So like, we want to do a video for that as well. Um, oftentimes what I would coach clients to, to do is like, well, you know, if you're going to put this on your website, we always tell people, if you're going to put something on your website, it probably should be decently produced because the video is like your 24-hour salesman. So you want them to be polished and like kind of know what they're talking about so people can understand your brand. But it's like if you're going to be pushing this out to social media or sending this in an email, you probably want to stop your recording of you talking about the cakes and then do something with your phone. But then like if you're also going to send and that's going to go to the moms and they're going to be like, oh, wow, it's genuine, authentic person. But then if you're going to send that video out to a business or send that out to a grocery store and you're going to want to try and get your stuff picked up and distributed, that's probably going to be where you step back in front of the camera. We create something polished that looks like, you know, your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed and like your professional business because they want to do business with somebody who is professional and things of that nature. Right. And I think the the content and the messaging is just as important mm-hmm. in how it's presented and the kind of marketing avenue you take in that respect too. And it goes back to the avatar. So we just went full <laughs> circle back to the avatar. Um, so, okay. So like, I feel like we, we've covered a lot of great topics. Like we were covering the avatar. We covered like why that's important for your content. We covered like content creation and why you need to know your audience. You know, there's so many different pieces that we've discussed. Can you maybe narrow this down and give me like three things that you really felt this were important in this episode? So like three things you really want our listeners, our viewers to take away. Number one is know your audience. And if you don't know your audience, research your audience and, and find out, develop those segments and, and avatars and personas and figure out who you are speaking to. Two is meet your audience where they are. Once you've researched them, go to where they are. They're not they're not going to come to you. They're not mm-hmm. gonna stumble across your website. If they do, that would be amazing like lucky chance for you, but you go find them where they are and cater to that that avenue. And then third, I would say be flexible. If if you find that your message is resonating with people you weren't expecting it to, or maybe isn't exactly hitting the marks, um, you're not seeing the engagement or the sales you're expecting, then then switch it up a little bit. You don't have to do a complete overhaul. Just make some tweaks. Look at look at what isn't working 
and, and tweaks to take advantage of the people who are there and it is resonating with and go from there. It's marketing isn't a one and done deal. It's ever evolving and you constantly have to stay on top of it. And that's not a bad thing to mm-hmm. keep innovating and, and keep switching a little bit. Those are great piece of advice. Hopefully everybody watching, listening, wrote those down. Pause. I, I say this all time. Pause this. Go back. Write them down. Because they're, they're great pieces of advice. And um, I talked about this. We had a lighting episode and I talked about how lighting is like something that I could like basically gave an analogy. It's like golf, you know, like you're constantly improving over time, you know, to get your lighting just right. And I feel like marketing is no different. It's like golf. You have to constantly be working and refining. The only difference is, is like, it's kind of more like golf and then going like to a more professional course because every once in a while, like, or every so often they change the game and you have to figure out how to do it again. Yep. That's exactly true. There's a new, there's a new social media platform you need, everyone's on and you need to invent for them. There's always something. Algorithm changes and then. (laughs) Someone buys a social media network. Like Mm -hmm. it's all, it's always changing and evolving and your audience is evolving too. So it's just constantly keeping up to date. And that is one thing I guess to mention. And I just, for people that are, are listening, maybe you could touch on that briefly, even though I know you gave us your three points is, um, is the buyer's persona something where once you you do it, you're done? Or is it something you have to constantly be updating? I would say regularly updating. Constantly feels like a lot of, mm-hmm. that's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. But it's it's something you should be regularly checking in on and and really seeing, one, if you're hitting the marks you mm-hmm. think you're, you're hitting. Two, if there are any surprises. If, oh, I thought I was targeting this group, but my message for them is really? resonating with this other group that's great like do what you need to do to get more of them involved Mm -hmm. um and also to see how their needs might be changing there you know it's people aren't stagnant we all live our lives and change and evolve and and our needs change and evolve with them so it you know it's um it's one thing to say you know i've i want to target moms who need a 24-hour birthday cake Mm -hmm. um and that is your market, great. Um, you can continue to target moms who need 24-hour birthday cakes. But you know what? In a few years, those moms might need 24-hour graduation cakes. True. And they're already your customers. So maybe you expand to have another persona where it's a mom of, of slightly older kids. Um, and then, you know, they're going to need their kid. Their kids are going to need wedding cakes. Hopefully not 24-hour wedding cakes. That's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but I'm just saying your, your audience will evolve and their needs will evolve. And it's fine to continue to demographically target the same people, the same people. But if you already have customers who have had good, good experiences with you, you might as well go, go on their life's journey with them because they'll have needs you can still fill. That's great advice. That's thank you. Thank you for, cause I was thinking about this, like somebody's going to be watching this. And they're going to say, oh, okay, well I, I built this and now I'm good, but I, I think it's important which you touched on. So I, I really appreciate you talking about that. And I guess where can our, our like listeners and viewers, like where can they go if they want to like connect with you or learn more about you and your background? Oh, uh, LinkedIn is probably, probably the best way. I'm Allison Halko on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm open to requests. So find, find me on there and, <laughs> and message me and request me. And I'm, I'm happy to have more connections, but that's probably the best way to find me. Perfect. Well, we will put that in the comments so people can connect with you on LinkedIn and and learn learn more about you and your experience. And thank you for coming on the show with me today. And I really appreciate all, all your insight. Thank you so much. This was great. Thanks for listening to Watch Time. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. 
And remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want your question answered on our podcast, go to flexmediacle.com backslash watch time.